Welcome to the Blip Podcast. Thanks for joining us. On this episode, I interview Grant Botma of Stewardship, Neoteric Agent, and Culture Course. Grant's office is only about 15 minutes from mine, and our paths have crossed quite a few times. But before I even started this podcast, he was one of the people I reached out to and asked if he'd be willing to come on the show and discuss agency culture. Well, that day was today. Grant has become such an authority on the subject of company culture that he decided to create a course for any business struggling in this area. And he just signed a book deal to write a book on the topic that should be out by the end of the year, which when it comes out, I'm totally getting on Audible. And one of the cool things about this is this news that Grant's writing this book broke on our show. Grant dropped some serious knowledge on the subject, so let's get into it. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by our master insurance agency, Blue Lion Insurance Partners, or BLIP for short. Find out more about our anti-aggregator and how we're separating ourselves from all the noise out there at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. Without further delay, here is my conversation with Grant. All right, well, all right, we're live. So. Hey, everybody, um, anybody joining us now or um, we'll get a couple people on here soon, but now or later catching the podcast. Um, welcome to the Blip podcast where we help agents build successful agencies. Um, if you are interested more in what we're doing, you can check it out at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. And today I get the honor of discussing company culture with Grant Botma. So welcome to the show, Grant. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know Grant, Grant is um, he's the owner of Stewardship. He also has a business, Neoteric Agent, and um, just launched Culture Course, um, which Grant, Grant, Grant's a pretty busy guy, but um, and so super feel super blessed to have him uh, give us his time today. So um, anyway, I figure we could just kind of start with, um, probably the thing that you've been doing the longest, which is stewardship. How did that, how did that come about? Like where, what was, where did you start with that? Yeah, the, the story goes, um, really I started that before I graduated in, in college. Um, I went to college at, uh, to a small uh, Christian university here in Arizona and I went there and I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor because um, my youth pastor was cool and I wanted to be cool like him. and then I realized like yeah I don't want to do that um, for various reasons and um, I wanted to basically get into finance because I was already working as a mortgage loan originator at the time while I was going to school Um, and I just saw a lot of stuff man basically that um, people were um, the, the people that I was working with were putting consumers in really bad mortgages that weren't best for them but they were doing it because it paid them better commission. Yep. And then I would saw, see later on, whether it be just a few months later or years later, where those consumers now were paying this thing that they couldn't afford or in this product that didn't work well for them. And it was demolishing their families. Like quite literally would come back and have to refinance because they were getting a divorce. You know, And I'm not oh, saying wow. that the bad mortgage was the reason for the divorce, but we do know statistically that, that money fights are our number one reason for divorce. And money as a whole is something that can impact our relationships with people. For um, sure. So I, I uh, said, man, I don't. I want to create a place 
where people can get their money handled and their money taken care of um, the, in a best possible situation that's genuinely best for them, whether they knew it or not. And I uh, started writing out the business plan of what that would look like. How would I create a mortgage company that is genuinely customer centric, an insurance agency that's genuinely customer centric, financial planning, investment management. Um, so kind of built out that plan and, and wrote it all out. And uh, when I graduated college, just started it out on my own. Uh, so fresh out of college, I just looked at everything else. I, like I, I see really big buildings downtown of people in these gigantic companies. And like, I don't get intimidated by that. I don't think like, oh, there's something special that me or you aren't. Uh, yeah. They're just people like me and you. And like Lou Holtz says, they put their pants on the same way we do. <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, that's kind of how I see it. So I just researched and there was this thing that called the internet that allowed me to look at how to start these companies. And I did it. And yeah. um, I did it all with the heart of, of trying to genuinely do what's best for for customers. So yeah, that's that's kind of how it started and that's how it's grown and that's how we've gotten to where we're at. I'm sure that the way you began your that business probably plays into um, uh, just, I guess, the, the overall, uh, kind of what we're talking about today, but the overall culture that you've built. It mm -hmm. kind of sounds like you built um, stewardship off the same premise as the same reason you build a great culture. Um, and I'm sure that decision, maybe it was, it was easy for you at the time, but most people don't start a business and go, I'm going to do this in a way that's going to, you know, serve other people instead of serve me and line my pockets. Right. Um, yeah. Although, you know, you have to make money to run a business, but well, you don't have to, but you should, yeah. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, that's yeah. cool, man. I, uh, to be honest with you, like um, when I started the business, I mean, the segues perfectly, I had no idea what I was doing with people. And I think most business owners don't, uh, yeah. they, they, I mean, I, I graduated, with a degree in business administration and we had all kinds of uh, management classes and um, I went in trying to manage my team the way that I was taught in school and it didn't mm -hmm. work. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, I, I just experienced a lot of failures in that on a lot of different levels and I struggled. And uh, again, I, because of my own arrogance, I thought to myself, well, this is dumb. I'm not doing that again. I'll figure it out on my own. And uh, this journey started a little over a decade ago where I decided I'm going to do this differently, man. I'm going to figure this out and uh, really dove in just everything, just jumped into the pool with everything that I had and said, I have to study people. I'm going to study uh, behavioral science and social science and understand why our brains do what they do and why we as people, why we as a society are making some of the decisions that we're doing. What truly motivates us as people? How can we uh, be the most efficient people as possible? How can we work as best as possible? And the reason why I dove into that again is because my heart was starting the businesses. I wanted to put the customer's needs first. And if yeah. I don't have an awesome culture, if my team isn't doing amazing things, then we're not genuinely serving the customers the best that we possibly can. Yeah. And uh, you said, you know, well, we have to profit to have a business. Like, I think that those are hand in hand. Like the number of my profit, at least long-term success, the growth that I have with my income and my profit is a result of me serving people well, because that's the heart of every business. You quite literally have a product or service that you are serving to somebody else. And the better that you do that, 
the better your profits are going to be on many levels. Fundamentally, if I am going to be selfish in my business, long-term, my business won't last. Statistics prove that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the, the success that we have in our profit, um, and I got an email last week from Inc. Magazine, and they said that uh, we have qualified to be one of the uh, 5,000 fastest growing companies in the country. Like that mm. doesn't happen unless we're genuinely putting other people's needs first. And then I'm looking back at my culture and making sure we're being extremely efficient. Um, so yeah, that, that I think it all goes hand in hand. <laughs> well, um, let's, so let's switch to talking about um, kind of culture. This, and this is something that I, I asked you to talk about, I don't know, before I even started this um, podcast. So it must've been like four and a half, five months ago, somewhere around there. It's before you came out with the culture course, but it's because I know that you've done all this work behind the scenes, like you were just talking about, you know, you've done, you've read all these studies, you've, you've investigated to, to find out the why. Um, so it makes sense for you to, to implement. So when it comes down to culture in your business, where do you start? Like, does it start with the people you hire? Does it start before that? Like, where does it start? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think it starts first knowing and understanding this fact about how we as people are wired and how we're motivated. All too often, business owners think that, that our team and our staff are motivated by money. So what we do is we try to hire and we find people and we try to push to them this money. Yeah. And we incentivize and give people goals and we wrap it around money. And we do all these things that have to do with money. And yes, money is motivating, but it's only the fourth most motivating thing to the human brain. Statistically proven with studies, hundreds and hundreds of years old and studies that have been happening over the last five or 10 years too. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of research that's there uh, that proves this. What we need to understand is the other things that are more motivating than money because we as business owners miss this poorly. And this is kind of the paradigm shift that, that I think my culture does different than most. Number three is that we need to know what motivates people also more than money is freedom. It's part of the reason why we're business owners. We like that freedom. Yeah. War have been waged for hundreds and hundreds of years for countries because they want freedom. People want and desire freedom. So we need to embed within our culture aspects of freedom. And I'm not talking about like, I mean, for me, my staff, they come and go as they please. And I'm that relaxed with it. But I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But you have to look at every experience that you're giving your team whether it be on a micro level or a macro level and say, how can I give them at least a sense of freedom in something? And when you give people freedom, that's crazy motivated. Number two, most motivating thing to the human brain is affirmation. People want to be a master of a craft. People want to know that they're doing something right and that they're good at it. Affirmation is a huge deal. And embedding that into your culture is a big deal. So, so yesterday, some statistics came out. One of my employees, um, he is uh, the number two uh, loan originator in the States now, and he is number 36. Wow. If you kind of twist some of the stats, he's actually number 25 in the country. It, it, so wow. among the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of loan originators in the country, he's number two in our state and number 25 in the country, which is unbelievable. So 
what I did for a piece of affirmation, it's just kind of goofy and fun. Is like, I, I got the email within seconds. I walked out my door, yelled up and down the hallway. I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to get ice cream. We're celebrating, you know? And uh, we walked across the street to this frozen yogurt place and it's kind of warmer here in Arizona, but it was fun. It only took maybe 20 minutes, cost me 50 bucks. But that affirmation that I provide along with giving him shout outs on social media is a huge thing. And there's hundreds of different ways that you can pro provide affirmation to people. Um, so that's, that's important. But then the number one thing that's the most motivating thing to the human brain, this is how we can get the most out of our team to be unbelievably efficient is this. And it's a unified purpose. Giving people a sense of meaning, giving them a purpose for all their little tasks that they do, but giving them that motivation when they come into the office every day. Deloitte recently did a study that says that 88% of all employees in the United States are not working to their potential. And the 12% that are working to their potential all had one thing in common and that they had a sense of meaning. Hmm. And more importantly, LinkedIn did a study that said that the top resumes, the top talent out there that's looking for a job, the number one thing that they're looking for in the, in, in, in the companies that they're wanting to go to are companies that make the world a better place. Companies that do things that have a purpose. And over 50%, 51 point something, something percent, according to Inc. Magazine, over 50% of people that are currently employed, so one in every two employees that you have that are currently employed are currently looking for another job because they don't have a sense of meaning or purpose in their current job. Like there are crazy stats out there that tell us wow. that having a purpose in your job and that something that unifies your team together is unbelievably important. So I think those, that's the big thing is understanding that first. So, um, okay. So let's start with, um, not start with, but the three things you mentioned, um, let's start with the, the third place one freedom. I think this yeah. is one where where kind of uh, most business owners, at least on all the posts I've seen, kind of freak out. Not not most business owners, but the ones who have a problem are like, "Well, I'm not going to do that because the fear is, you know, you you give somebody unlimited time off or or you know something along those lines. They think, oh, I'm going to hire somebody, and second week they're going to take off and and you know take months and months off, and there's nothing I can do about it. I need that person, you know. So that freedom, they're they're concerned. Um, how do you, how do you respond to that? Like what, what's the answer? Yeah. Well, the, the answer is this, if you don't trust your employees with freedom, that means you don't trust the people that you hired. So that's a you problem. You've got to trust people that you, you got to hire people that you trust. So yeah. if you don't trust people, go find people that you do trust. That's, that's number one. But number two is this, it all goes downhill. So freedom is three, but the unified purpose is number one. People act out in the freedom I give them because they're on the same team for this purpose that we're unified together and pursuing together every single day. If all yeah. I do is number three and give them the freedom, but I don't give them the affirmation, I don't provide for them a sense of meaning in their work that we're trying to make the world a better place together, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not going to work. You have yeah. to do all of it together cohesively. And then I'd say this is probably, and this was where you as a business owner need to look in the mirror. Again, most people look at it as money. The reason why people get pissed off whenever their employees are on their cell phone at work or watching Netflix when they work or doing these little things that have this freedom that they get irritated with is because they too are too focused on money. Yeah. Because you see dollar bills flying out the door 
whenever they're on their phone. Like if you see it that way, then you need to have that paradigm shift in your head yourself and say, why did I open this business? And the only reason why I'm opening the doors every day and turning on the lights is because of money. Well, if so, you're going to have a really hard time giving freedom, giving proper affirmation and creating a unified purpose. Look for, you know, they always say your why of why you started the business, but genuinely, how can you make the world a better place? And I'm not saying separate the two. You can't have money without the unified purpose. Quite literally, my company is unbelievably more profitable because we have a purpose and that profit yeah. that we have is sustainable. The money is a result of the purpose that we're pursuing. I, you know, what you just said about, you got to have all three. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I don't know why I've never thought about that before that, you know, just giving somebody freedom is not the answer, right? It's, no. it's, it's, it's it, there's a whole kind of, I don't say playbook, but you know, there's multiple things that you should be doing. If you just try to pull one piece, if you do that, anything, you should like, Oh, mm -hmm. I'm just going to focus on this one thing, one thing, one thing. It's not, you're not going to have success on that, you know, but yeah, um, yeah that's, um, <laughs> That's that's pretty pretty good stuff, man. Um, so there's a, do you... there's a really cool uh, YouTube video. It's like an RSA animates uh, motivation thing. I'm gonna look it up right now on YouTube and I'll put it in the comments of this thread here. Nice. But it's like um, it, it does a really good job of breaking down like what those those motivation factors and and he take, brings in a bunch of other studies and stuff like that. It's got like 17 million views on YouTube. It's an unbelievably awesome wow. thing. But it's a great resource for people to look at and watch. But if you want your team to not only um, have the proper motivation, but do all the things that we want them to do, like we want them to take ownership of stuff, right? We want them to look at things like an owner. We want them to basically do whatever it takes to get stuff done, run through a brick wall to super serve a customer. We want people to think like, like us as owners and we want them to solve problems without taking cues from us. We just want her to be efficient and effective. Like you have to have all of these things. Yes, you have to have money. Like I, if I just did the other three things, but not money, again, I'd be missing out. You've got to have all four, but you got to have them in the right hierarchy, money, freedom, affirmation, and then the purpose. So yeah, man, I'll, I'll share this video to, to talk and, and people can watch it and it's, it's, it's freaking amazing. So, so, um, I guess if you, if you're going that, route. If somebody's following what you're um, saying is the best way to do it, are there um, businesses or jobs that you feel like can't really follow that structure? At least, I mean, as far as the freedom part, you know, I mean, the purpose, that's obviously easy. But for the freedom part, do you think um, a business like, you know, that does plumbing or, you know, something where there's like appointments and it's, I would say it's, that is the one that people get hung up on, you know, the most. Yeah. And that, that's why I want to talk about it. You know, the purpose, I don't think most businesses do really have a purpose, at least not one that's communicated. Um, uh, but the, the freedom one, like, it seems like if you, if I guess, I, sorry, I just am like fumbling over my words here because I'm trying to articulate what, what's in my head and it keeps changing as I'm talking. But the, no, I, I, I guess it. if you have purpose, it's, it's going to trickle down to the freedom piece, right? So correct, you start correct. at the top and go down. Yeah. And this is the number one objection I get after I get off stage talking about this. People are like, yeah, but that's really sounds really cool, Grant, but I couldn't do that with my team. Right. Yeah. And one of the, uh, one of the students that are in, in my course owns a coffee shop and this is retail. So obviously he's not going to give his team the same freedom that I give my team to be able to come and go as they please. Right. Right. It, it's retail. 
They, they, it says open at this time, closed at yeah. this time. You've got to have certain things. But that's assuming that your mind is boxed in that freedom only looks like these three things. That's not true. I say get creative. Think about ways that you can give people a sense of freedom. So other examples that this person does by giving them freedom is just the freedom to be able to communicate to these people. So many times we might say that there's this rigid uh, uh, um, script that they have to say every time you know they're checking somebody out. No, be yourself. Communicate with somebody, right? Just having the freedom to be able to talk with somebody how they want to and be who they are, that's a huge deal. And now it's gone a long way for his staff because they may have worked in other retail dining establishments, whether it be bars or other coffee shops, and they feel like they can't be who they are. Well, he yeah. encourages them to have the freedom to be like, look, be yourself, be a person, connect with these people, chat with them, do what you want in that regard. And that's been a big deal, right? So you have to get creative in the ways of the freedom that, that you can have in, within your culture. And uh, some of that might even be like what you wear. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. You, you just have to think about, okay, well, what can I do to give freedom that, that gives people that sense that they um, can come to work and know that, man, I don't feel like I'm, I'm being enslaved. I mean, slavery hasn't worked for any culture anywhere ever. Like it's yeah. just always a rebellion at some point. Okay. And that's been the history of the beginning of time. So you have to look at your culture and ask yourself this question. What am I doing that makes them feel enslaved? And then how can I provide for them a sense of freedom so that that goes away? That's that's the bottom line of it. I'm so I'm so glad that you just clarified that because I don't think people have have caught that other piece of it, you know, to, you know, form this to whatever you need it to be to match your business and how it operates. I think everyone gets hung up on like, oh, I'm not going to let my employees play Xbox in the, you know, in the waiting room or watch a movie or be on their whatever. So super, super glad you just clarified that. <laughs> you just cleared yeah. up probably 50% of like people's rejections of that freedom piece. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, uh, look, my, my staff has unbelievable amounts of freedom. Um, we do play video games. We have, you know, coffee on tap and a kegerator that they can get whenever they want. That's technically for the customers. Like, like we have, we do, I give everybody gigantic monitors so they can watch Netflix when they work. Like we're going to have a game of Thrones launch party, not this Sunday, but next Sunday in the break room with the team, like the stuff that we do for freedom's crazy. Um, but I didn't just like show up there one day. Like yeah. I just realized and understood like, oh, this is how our brains work. Oh, and it makes sense to me because I'm the same way. And I just started one by one trying to figure out what types of freedoms work for my team. And there are some times where I implement a piece of freedom. I'm like, eh, that one's not going to work so good. Let's pull back on that. And then I try something else, you know? So it's a process and it takes years. And for me, it's been over 10 years of doing this and implementing it to where I've arrived where I'm at. I'm not telling everybody you need to have kombucha on tap and you need to let employees do whatever they want when they're here, but you do have to think about in your process, how am I making people feel enslaved and what can I do to provide a, at least a sense of freedom by doing yeah. little things here or there? That's a big deal. Yeah. Cool. Um, so do you, how, how do you like, I guess, okay. So, as business owners, if it's our business and we have our own sense of purpose, how do how do you get that to trickle down to employees or staff? Like if I'm super passionate about something, is that 
like, would you say that, yeah, make, you know, if that's what you want to make your purpose, make that your purpose and then just kind of push it down to everyone else. Or do you have to like get your team together? If you're already talking about an existing business and you can't really go hire a whole new team or you're not going to do that, how do you start implementing that? Yeah. So how do you implement the most important thing, which is having a purpose, (laughs) right? That's that's a a hard thing to do. Uh, Well, there's a process for creating a great unified purpose. And this is very different than a mission statement. Okay. This is not where you go to a cabin and you lock yourself away and you write this vision statement, mission statement that nobody can repeat back to themselves. Like that's dumb. That doesn't make sense. What you have to do is make it a phrase or a sentence that can be repeatable. That's very easy to say over and over again. And there's certain things in this unified purpose that must be there. Number one is it has to make the world a better place. It has to genuinely make an impact on other people. So specifically my team, we do mortgages, we do insurance, financial planning, investment management. Okay, how can we change that to make the world a better place? Well, our unified purpose is we love people through finances. And that makes the world a better place because if people don't get loved in their finances, they could get taken advantage of by somebody else. And if they get taken advantage of by somebody else, then their finances could be in a poor situation which could impact the relationships they have with others, including but not limited to the relationship they have with their spouse, the relationship they have with their kids, the relationship that they have with almost anyone. And that's a big deal to us. So you can see and hear the passion that I have as I communicate that, right? So it's got to make the world a better place. And number two, that has to happen in your unified purpose is there's got to be an emotionally charged word, something that really makes people get going on stuff. So for me, it's that word love. And it's kind of stands out who uses love and finances together. That's weird, right? And and, and you, you just have to make sure that there's a word in there that makes it stand out. But then also, the, you have to have it in your unified purpose to do it right. It's got to require some sacrifice. It has to do something where you're putting the needs of somebody else before your own in order to do it right. And that is a big deal because it's that sacrifice that unifies the team together to sacrifice together and pursue it together. Um, So it's not about like, what am I passionate about? It's not about, okay, we do mortgages. So I'm going to say, we're going to do mortgage in an excellent way. Like, honestly, I'm not passionate about mortgages and no one on my team is. And I don't really want to hang out with a guy who, <laughs> who is passionate about mortgages because that's not going to be a whole lot of fun. But what are we passionate about? Everybody here is passionate about people. Yeah. We love people, you know, and, and, and having it that way and making sure that it has those three things, you know, it's just, it's just a really, really, really big deal. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say that's important to, to make sure you're doing that. And there's, a, and this is not something like, oh, you know, I came up with and it's, it's unique to only me. That's not true at all. I mean, there have been multi-billion dollar companies, the most profitable companies in the world are doing this and have a unified purpose. Let's let's just take Airbnb, okay? Yep. They vacation rentals. You know what their unified purpose statement is? To create a world where everyone belongs. How cool is that? They're creating yeah, something. Awesome. They have the action item. It's for the whole world where everyone belongs. That belonging that statement, oh man, all of us want to belong, right? Kellogg's, they make crappy cereal, okay? Nourishing families so they can flourish and thrive. Beautiful. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's a great one. You know, and then you got uh, Disney, to use our imagination to bring happiness to millions. That's stuff that people can get behind. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that is 
that's what this unified purpose needs to be. It's simple. It's repeatable. It's something that if everybody read and looked at, like, yeah, of course, I want to do that too. You know, um, it doesn't have to be something that you're passionate about. This is very different than passion. Uh, this has to do with purpose, where you're making the world a better place, where you're making an impact on other people, and it takes a sacrifice to make it happen. Uh, uh, another one of my students who was in the class, he recently did his uh, unified purpose that's a pristine auction. And they basically uh, run an auction house online where they're taking in like collectibles and different things and selling it. So he made his unified purpose statement is connecting people to authentic moments on their terms. And it's he's already reaping the benefits of seeing what that's doing for people that when they come into work, like, yeah, let's connect people to these neat moments, you know. And uh, so, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's awesome. How, how though? Like, do are you are you saying? I mean, I'm sure it's probably different from everybody, but do you have a recommendation? Like, do you get your team together and say, "Hey, guys, we're hammering this out right now," or do you say, "Hey, you know, mull this over over the weekend. This is something I want to talk about on Monday." Like, is there some sort of preferred way that you suggest doing that? Yeah, I think there. I think there's two hows. The one, the first how is how do you create it? And just simply put, you have to write down what the problems are that your company um, solves. The external uh -huh. problem that we see. So for, let's say, insurance, we see this external problem they need to cover and protect their assets. They need protection. But what's the internal problem that that causes, right? And what's the philosophical problem that you're solving? StoryBrand talks about this well. So yep. talk about those problems. And ideally, in your purpose statement, you're not talking about the external problem that you're solving. They need insurance. Like, no, that's not passionate, right? Um, so that don't do that. It's got to be internal or philosophical problem they're solving. And then just write down what do you do, who do you serve, and what is the outcome. And then if you kind of follow through with those steps, uh, ideally you're able to create this, this purpose statement. But then the next how is, okay, how do you implement that? And that's the secret of having an awesome culture, Josh. Like yeah. it's about being able to take that unified purpose and quite literally connecting it to everything that you do. Here's an example. We have a goal of... Uh, closing X amount of transactions per uh, month. And uh, we're about to break a record this month. Like it's going to be higher than what's ever done before. And what we do is we don't say number of transactions. When we're communicating to our staff as we're tracking it and chatting about it on Slack, we're connecting it to people. The number of families that are being impacted, the number of households that now have a much better situation financially as a result of some of the things that we're doing. Like that's one way that we do it because our unified purpose is to love people, right? So everything that we do has to be connected to the loving people. Even the tasks that are being done, like it's annoying sometimes for the admin staff and their back office stuff to like fill out these forms and it feels redundant and it's just like, why am I doing this? But then I say as a manager and I lead them by saying, when you fill out this form and you do it right, that means the person that you're assisting is now able to save X amount of time on their day. And then when they communicate to the consumers, the person, the person in our community that we're impacting that communication is going to be received way better, you know? So it's like, it's, you create these stories to point the unified purpose to everything that you do and it changes everything. Um, Matthew Rowe wanted to know, uh, here, I'll throw it up. Uh, it said, Grant, do you do something like a yearly review with your employees? Mm -hmm. Do you ask what the pain points are and try to reduce them? Oh, this is so great. And it's now becoming trendy because the most profitable companies in the country are actually changing this. Um, but recently, um, uh, there was an article written that talks about the employee review process and why it's stupid and dumb and no one should do it. 
Um, and I completely agree with this. This is actually one of the secrets that I have that's in my course where I teach people not to do an employee review, but to do what's called an employer review. So um, I'll tr also get this article so that you can see it. But most like um, uh, performance reviews don't work because people go into them and they put on this mask and they put into them and they, they're fearful. They're not themselves. They're trying to defend themselves. And most people set goals in a way like what you're taught in management school is like, okay, what number do you want your person to hit? Set for them a goal that's higher than that. So they reach for the higher goal and they don't get it, right? So then we're now fundamentally discouraging them every single time. Right. And if yeah. we do that, the performance review, we're telling them, hey, you didn't meet this goal. Let's keep pushing, 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 whatever that is. Yeah. They just yeah. feel terrible and they don't work. So what I do is what's called an employer review where they get to pick where they want to go for coffee, lunch, whatever. They can literally pick like the nicest steak house or they can just go get smoothies, whatever they want to do. And um, when we go... I am asking them questions and vigorously taking notes so that I can get better. And what I'm asking them questions on are things like, hey, how do you feel about your job? How does your spouse feel about your job? What are you, what, what are things that you think you're good at? What are things that you think you're not so good at? You know, what do you need? What tools and resources are working really well? What tools and resources aren't working well? How am I doing as a boss? How are we doing as a company? How are we meeting our unified purpose? On and on and on and on. So we are asking them questions. And I, this is the whole thing. I am creating for them an environment where they know that I'm, one, a safe person to talk to so that if they do have suggestions and things that they can bring them up to me. Because let's be honest with ourselves. Of anybody in the world... Who knows how to make our business better? The people who are working in it every day. Yeah. Right? So I create an environment that allows them to, to, to feel safe that they can communicate stuff like that to me. But then two, I'm listening. And to be a really, really good leader, you don't need to be a visionary. You need to be a great listener. And I just call it being a listenary. You need to have a habit of listening often. And you need to pursue your team and let them know I'm here to listen to you. And it's like these employer reviews that I do, like I get so much value out of them as a company and my team absolutely loves them. Um, it makes them feel like, okay, this is great. And I'm able to point things back to the unified purpose as part of it. So yeah, man, that, that's it. Have you made through those, have you ended up making significant changes in the way you guys oh. handle certain processes or whatnot? Totally, totally. Look, here's the truth. Like, my role in my company is, is very different than it was when I first started. I'm not engaging with customers anymore. I don't talk with customers and help them with the products and services that, that we that we provide. So uh, I've I got to know what those engagements, yeah. those interactions look like. We recently completely changed the automation platform that we use. We switched from Infusionsoft to ActiveCampaign yeah. because of the feedback that I was getting from these um, employer reviews. And now the switch has not only made the experience better for my team internally with this, but the experience that we're giving to our customers has been a lot better. So yeah, listening is a huge, huge, huge deal. Well, um, can you um, tell us a little bit about Culture Course? Um, yeah. So why, tell, why don't you start with why you created it and then give us kind of an overview of what it is. So um, I didn't, I'll just be honest. I like, I didn't know this was like a thing. I didn't know that uh, people who, I didn't know people didn't know how to manage their team well. I didn't yeah. know these stats about 
employees not giving their best. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. It was, I just thought it was something that I was struggling with when I first started. And um, when I dove into it, I got super passionate about it. I think people could probably hear that in my voice. I, I just love being a social scientist and being a behavioral scientist and, and diving into this and super, super enjoyed it. So when I was asked to speak about it from time to time, I just thought, oh yeah, they're asking me to speak about it. No big deal. But then more and more these conferences start coming up where I'm asked to do it. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is a bigger deal than I thought it was. And as I get off stage, people ask me questions like, oh man, they're really struggling with this. So I, I wanted to give people some action items and something that they could do to take not just the philosophical stuff that I talk about from stage, but have step-by-step -step processes to really make their team be better. Because us as business owners, what we do is we like to copy things. We like to see, hey, this business is doing it right. I'm just going to copy and paste it and do it. And that's what I did. I copy and pasted from the most profitable companies out there, put it in my business. So now with Culture Course, it's basically an online course that's going to help you create a thriving team. Step-by-step -step processes, guides, worksheets, resources to copy and paste. And all those questions that you kind of asked about, well, how do you implement this throughout? How do you bleed the unified purpose out throughout? How do you do these employer reviews? All that stuff is in there so that you can quite literally take that course and say, man, I'll just do what this says and I'll be in. Nice. And um, so if, if you, so if you want to, can you drop a link in the comments yeah. for that? Yeah. And then if there was one book, I know it's kind of left field. I didn't say anything about this, but if there's a book that you would recommend for people who are struggling with culture in their agency, or if there's a um, resource that um, aside from culture course or in addition to it, what would, you, where would you point them? I think that there's two. Uh, the number one resource that I found a lot of great information from because they have a wide depth and breadth of the uh, research that they're doing is the Harvard Business Review. The Harvard Business Review, uh, especially within the last uh, eight years, has done a ton of studies on um, people and efficiency and how we can get the most out of our people, which is a really big deal. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Harvard Business Review, and you can kind of pick uh, different things from either their podcast or their um, articles that they're publishing about culture, um, which is awesome. So yeah, I, I really, really like the Harvard Business Review and that's been a great resource yeah. for me. Um, another one is um, a book called The Happiness Advantage. And, and it talks a lot about what happens in our brains um, about uh, some of those things that we had mentioned about freedom, about affirmation, about uh, having a purpose or a sense of meaning. So that's another good book. So yeah, it's really Sweet. good. And uh, um, shameless plug, I'll have my culture course book here published ooh, by the end of the year, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. Is this the first announcement of it? Oh, I guess technically, huh? I, yeah. I literally just signed the contract. Yeah. I just signed the contract <laughs> with the publishers a couple of days ago. So, yeah. That's oh, wait, awesome. wait, Nick is saying I never listened to him. What are you talking about? No, because he, oh. he was making ridiculous comments earlier. Oh, that's about Nick. <laughs> but um, so... Yeah, uh, Nick threw up on here the the URL to Culture Course is www.culturecourse.com. And like mm -hmm. Grant said, there is a book on the way. And when is it supposedly next year? Uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. By the and end of the year. Yeah. What the, what the book is going to do is talk a little bit more about the um, social science and psychology and the, the paradigm shift that you need to have. 
Um, but what's different about the actual course, the online course, is it gives you the step-by-steps, the guides, the how-to. Because a lot of time you can listen to somebody and say, oh, uh, yeah, I, need to, I definitely do need to change the way I think about stuff. But what helps us more as business owners is actually having action items that we can implement, we can push through. And, and that's what Culture Course is. It takes exactly all the things that I do in my business, exactly all the things that other profitable companies are doing in their business, and, and helps them win with it. So the things that we talk about in here are, are ways to hire people, ways to fire yeah. people, uh, ways to do the employer reviews, how to set up goals, how to keep people accountable. Um, all of that stuff that we have to do in managing our team, there's a module for all of it, including but not limited to remote teams. So, yeah. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for your time. I totally appreciate it. It was amazing content. So, guys, if you... Um, need help with culture, culturecourse.com. And Grant, how can people find you? Is there a better option than culturecourse.com, Facebook, email? Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook. I'm really active on um, Instagram as well. My handle is at Grant Botma. Um, I'm pretty much doing a story every day. Um, and I'm doing either a story about finances or about uh, company culture or stuff like that. So you can hit me up on a direct message or DM there. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Facebook, those are probably the two best ways to get in touch with me. Sweet, dude. Thank you so much. Anyone listening, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Totally helps us reach more people. Thank you again, Grant. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. All right. 